Thank you for listening to our midweek service from Christian Ministry Church. We're praying that this message blesses, encourages, and equips you to build the kingdom of God. And now a message from Pastor Paul Kern. So we're just going to dive right into our study tonight. So I want to welcome you to our series on the names of God. And like I mentioned when I was doing announcements, this has just been great. I mean, I've, I've loved this series. I hope you're growing in your faith this year. You know, that's been our whole goal. Uh, the just shall live by faith, and that's been our goal, is to grow in our faith. I know I've grown in my faith. Um, lots of times the way you grow in your faith is you're put in positions to have to exercise your faith. And so that's, that's one of the best ways that you, that you grow. And I hope that you're using the power of the names of God that we've been talking about because God has a name for every situation, every problem, every giant that you face. God has a name. Now, in my last session, which was, oh, probably three weeks ago, the name that I did was Jehovah Saba, the Lord our warrior, okay? The name that I'm going to be doing in this session is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. Now, these two words really go together. Because out of all these names that we're talking about, these two names have to do with warfare or warring. So they both really tie in very well to each other. Now, in my last session, we used the story of Israel's army, uh, a young boy named David, and a giant called Goliath. And we saw this battle take place, and David won this battle. And the name Jehovah Saba was the name that was revealed in that battle. So in this one, we're going to be looking at Jehovah Nisi and exploring that name. Jehovah Nisi, like I said, means the Lord is our banner. The name Jehovah Nisi only appears one time in the whole Bible, only one time. So if you want to turn with me in the Old Testament, go to the book of Exodus chapter 17, And this is where we're going to, this is the text that we're going to be in as we talk about this name. But it only appears one time, and it's in this section of Scripture. Now, just like David was in a battle with Goliath, God's people in this story are in a battle with the Amalekites. So I want to set a little backdrop for you. So what had happened is we, we know that Moses, God used Moses to go to Pharaoh demanded the release of God's children, and ultimately, after a series of plagues, God's children were released. And then Moses, as their leader, led them out into the wilderness, and as they were in the wilderness, along the way, they were attacked by the Amalekites, and the Amalekites wanted to destroy them. They wanted to wipe them out, because they, you know, they had already heard about this sea of people that were coming into their land. Now, that's what battles look like, okay? Our enemy, the devil, attacks us. And when you read the Old Testament, you want to really read it with a real spiritual overtone and understanding that a lot of what happens in the Old Testament is a type and shadow in the New Testament. Y'all understand what I mean when I say types and shadows? In other words... Um, we'll, we'll take the natural events that take place in the Old Testament and they will represent, there'll be types and shadows of spiritual insights and meanings in our New Testament walk uh, with Jesus. And so just like, you know, 
the Israelites faced enemies, we have an enemy. It is the devil. And the devil, his goal is to destroy us. We all know John 10.10. The thief comes, help me, to kill, steal, and to destroy. But, here's what Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and that that life would be an abundant life. Now that doesn't mean it's a life free of battles. Because it's like Jesus said, okay, look, I'm letting you know there's an enemy, the devil. His job is to attack and want to destroy you, but I also want you to know you have a hero. You have a savior. And I've come to give you a good life, okay? So we recognize what Jesus is revealing to us. Now, Israel, they went into battle with the Amalekites, and we don't have time to read the whole story. I mean, I encourage you maybe in your devotions tomorrow uh, to read the story of Israel fighting the Amalekites. But as the battle commenced, Moses stood on top of a hill where he could see all the armies of Israel and the armies of Amalekite, and, and he could observe them fighting upon this, this raised position. And he had what we call the rod of God, or the staff, in his hand, and he held it up over his head. And as long as he held it up over his head, the Israelites had the advantage in the battle. But if he lowered the rod, then the Amalekites, they would begin to have the advantage in the battle. And it was a, it, this is really unusual. I mean, you have to admit, that's strange. That's not normal, okay? But, but, but God, once again, this is type and shadow. And, and when you read in 1 Corinthians, it says, there were things that happened to the children of Israel in those days so that they could be examples for us in our time. So we have an, an advantage of perspective that God was just opening up to them little by little, but now we have this big picture, okay? So we're, we're so blessed to get to see this. So as long as Moses held up his hands, they won. Whenever he lowered them, the Amalekites are winning. And his arms grew weary. And we know that in the story, his arms had to be supported by um, his brother Aaron and a man by the name of Ur. These guys helped hold up his arms. Now, at sunset, Israel defeated the Amalekites. And after the battle... Moses built an altar, and he called that place Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner. So that's where that name of God came from. It was a result of Israel fighting this battle against their enemy and God giving them the victory. Amen? Now, as long as that rod was held high, they prevailed. And I want to make sure that you get that. As long as that rod was held high, they had the advantage, they prevailed. Now, the battle, and, and we've got to see this, because I, I think it's so easy to get misdirected. The battle was not won by military might, and the battle was not won by superior strategy. The battle was the Lord's. The Lord provided the victory for them. Now, like I said, this is, this is hard to understand, but, but we have to recognize that our battles, 
okay? Because what, what you want to do, and maybe some of you who are listening by podcast or um, here, and you're a new believer, like you haven't been a Christian for very long, and, you, and you're learning how to read your Bible, okay? I, I want to help you a little bit, because this really helped me. So when you read your Bible, the first thing you do before you ever read your Bible, you pray, and you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you, okay? Because the Holy Spirit, that's his job. He is the revealer of truth, and he will reveal the truth of the Scripture to your heart. The second thing that you need to know is that when you read the Bible, you want to be able to transpose the truth in that day and time into your everyday life. Because truth is relevant through all ages. I mean, it, tr truth is truth. It stands the test of time. If it worked then, it'll work now, if it's truth, okay? So, so we see this in Scripture. So it's very important that we recognize that our battles that we face are the Lord's. They're not our own personal battles. As a matter of fact, the scripture says our fight is not with people, right? But it's against what? Principalities and powers and dark forces and spiritual places. So we recognize that we have an adversary. He is a spiritual enemy. And lots of times we can come under spiritual attack. There can be times in your life where temptation just seems really, really intense or you're just really struggling emotionally, or you're fighting depression, or anxiety is just really heavy on you, or loneliness is just, you just feel really lonely. And you've got to recognize that sometimes that's not just the result of your emotions, sometimes that can be an attack of the enemy on your life. Now obviously, we want to do everything that we can to circumvent that, like eating healthy and getting proper rest and making sure that we're paying attention to what we're listening to, what we're reading, the input coming into our life, all of those things play a role. Like, for example, if you're operating in a lot of fear, well, you know, look at your life. Are you watching a bunch of horror movies? Okay, if you are, quit. That's why you're walking in a lot of fear. You know, <laughs> y'all have heard me tell the story of, of Bigfoot in my own life. My dad had me so terrified of Bigfoot and he one night asked me to go close up the chicken coop on the farm because it got, the door got left open and on the way out he said, watch out for Bigfoot. Well, I wasn't even thinking about Bigfoot until he said it and then Bigfoot was around every tree in every corner. I was scared half to death. You never saw somebody run so fast there and back because I thought I was gonna get eaten by Bigfoot. So, so we've got to recognize, you know, like Pastor Tim preached, there's God's part and there's your part and, and they both come into play. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. Now, a banner was used in Scripture as a lead-out or a covering or a sign as they were going to war, okay? Um, modern day, it would be like our flag, right? We call our flag what? Old glory. And our flag has gone into battle before us in many wars throughout the history of our country. <clears throat> and that, that flag would represent the nation they are fighting for and the nation they are fighting from, okay? So that banner, or in modern day times, that flag, that's what that represents. All right, so look at um, Exodus 17 verse 9 with me. Exodus 17 verse 9. Moses commanded Joshua, 
Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand on top of the hill holding the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded, and he fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held that staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage, but whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalites gained the advantage. Now, we're talking about transposing Scripture, the truth of Scripture. Now, when you're in battles in life, sometimes you feel like you're winning, and sometimes you feel like you're losing. We've all been there. I mean, we, we would all like to feel like we're winning all the time, but you're not always winning all the time. There are times that you do not, there are times that you can feel defeated, okay? And it's important that we, that we recognize that. But this is where we understand we have a name, right? That's the whole point of the name. We have a name, Jehovah Nisi, okay? I feel like I'm losing, but guess what? The Lord is my banner. God, God's covering me. God's over me. God's going before me. Are you seeing that? And, and you make that declaration. See, that you make those positive declarations of Scripture. It's so important that we keep our mindset and our perspective right when we're in a battle. So, you know, Moses instruct, instructed Joshua and the Israel army to go to ground level, ground level with instruments of war and fight a battle. But Moses said, I'm going to go up to the mountain and I'm going to hold the rod of God over my head. Now, this was the same rod that parted the Red Sea. This was the same rod that brought water from a rock, okay? Now, there was a time that this rod was called the rod of Moses or the staff of Moses. And what happened was God asked Moses to take this rod and lay the rod down on the ground in the presence of the Lord. And Moses laid that rod down in the presence of the Lord on the ground, and then God asked Moses to pick that rod back up. And when Moses laid that rod down, that staff, and then he picked it up, that's when it became the rod of God. That, that's when it became a symbol of God's power and God's presence in his life. Now, very important that we see this. Our lives are the same way. When we lay our lives down in the presence of the Lord, we humble ourselves before God. We submit our dreams, our will, to him. Then God says, okay, now take your life back up and it's going to be an instrument and a tool that I can use for my kingdom to change the world. You know, that's what I was talking about our founder sitting right back here and she celebrated her birthday. And I, I was saying, I'm so glad that we have people who said yes Yes to laying down their life and saying, God, this is not my life. You blessed me with it. You are my creator. You created me. My life, my giftings, my time, my, my ability, 
my money, my resource, everything, God, you have blessed me with and you have given me to me for one reason, that I might be an instrument in your hand to be used by you to set other people free so that they can come to know you. Amen? And see, that's, that's God's desire in our life. And that's what I'm talking about when you read Scripture, especially those of you who are new. Pray. Ask, as, you, as you read the Scripture, just meditate on it, right? Don't get in a hurry. Sometimes you just take a paragraph and just think about it for days. God, speak to me. God, reveal to me. God, show me. What, what lesson is here? Because sometimes you just get a little bit of, you know, you get a feeling like there's something here. There's something hidden in this scripture. And then God will open it up to you, almost like 3D coming off the page, and he'll reveal that to you. So when Moses turned his life over to God and God gave it back, he became a tool that God could use, and we are the same. So it says... As Moses went to the top of the mountain and he held up the rod, Israel prevailed in the battles over their enemies. And when he lowered the rod, they were overwhelmed by their enemies. And here's what you have to see. What was transpiring on the battlefield with the enemy was not really being determined by natural weapons of war and skill. Right? See, that's what's so unusual about this battle because most of the time we would never think that. We would think, okay, whoever's got the most men, whoever's the most skilled, whoever has the most weapons, that's going to be the army that's going to win. But God's showing us there's more to it than that. See, there's, there's a hidden realm that is in operation in our lives in the realm of the Spirit. And God's wanting us to get a picture of this in our own lives as we face the battles that we fight. See, what was determining their victory was happening on the mountain with Moses and the rod of God. Not so much what was going on down there in the valley as they were fighting with weapons of war. And one of the reasons I think we end up losing our battles is we fight on earth without embracing the rod on the mountain of God. And we've got to embrace that. And I think it's really, really easy when we get in the middle of something really, really hard, like, you know, we're, we're having marital problems or our children are acting up or there's health issues or our business is struggling or whatever it is. I think sometimes it's, it's really easy to get our eyes on the Amalekites of our life and take our eyes off Jehovah Nisi, our banner over our life. And see, this is what we have to make sure that we keep our focus on. Moses held the rod high, high, over his head. Look at that position. You see that? It's not under him. It's over him. The, the, the word, the presence of God is in a position that is over him, okay? It's a covering over his life. And, and the reason that they prevailed was because the rod of God was an appeal to heaven to intervene in the battle that was going on in the valley. And that's what we have to do. We have to appeal to the Lord when we're facing battles in our life. But see, oftentimes what happens is when you get in the heat of the battle, it's called the fog of war. Have y'all heard that term? 
Well, it's real. It's a real problem. Um, our military guys, they try to uh, prepare them for this in the fog of war when they go through training in boot camp. They will put them in scenarios as realistic as possible. They'll have explosions going off. They'll take smoke bombs and throw them gunfire. They, 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 they in, intensify the trauma and the anxiety and the noise level so that they can learn how to focus as a soldier and maintain operational status when all this is going on around them, okay? Now, we're soldiers in the Lord's army, amen? That's what the Bible says. And we have to make sure that we maintain focus when we're facing the battles of life. Because listen, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I remember um, when my dad got diagnosed with throat cancer many years ago, and they gave my dad six months to live. And, um, you know, the first thought that came to my mind was the enemy. Whoop, cancer. As a matter of fact, I have a really good friend of mine right now that I went to college with that is battling uh, cancer, and they have given him uh, not many months to live. So if you wouldn't mind, just say a prayer of healing over him. But I think it's so easy to get our focus off of what it needs to be when we get in the middle of the battle. And we can't spend more time and energy and resourcing the battle in the valley on our own at the expense of recognizing where the battle's really won. It's won from a higher ground where it's an elevated position that Moses and Aaron and her were operating from. See, you understand, it's what you do up there that determines the outcome down here. And that's so important what, that we see that because that's the whole, really the whole point of this story. It's what we do up there that determines the outcomes down here. And so much of that has to do with our, our heart attitude, how we've positioned God and his word in our lives. In other words, when trouble comes, when the Amaleks attack, does God's word take a backseat in your life? Or does it become your banner? See, does it become your, your flag that goes before you. It's, it, it, there's a difference. See, if you have a greater focus on up there and then implement the tools that God gives you down here, you'll find your enemy defeated because heaven has joined the battle with you. And oftentimes what we do as believers, we try to go into battle and we forget to bring heaven with us. Why would we do that when we have heaven available to us? As a matter of fact, the Bible says the angels are ministering spirits that are given for our help. Now, I'm not saying that I pray to angels, don't get me wrong, but I'll tell you what, in the name of Jesus, I will ask God to loose the angels from heaven to do warfare because that's what angels do. I mean, we read that in Scripture and we understand that. So it's interesting that the people in the battle down in the valley started to be defeated 
And they were wondering why things were changing down there. Well, the reason things were changing down there is because things were changing up there. Do we see this? Is this good? Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? All right, look in Exodus 17, verse 12. Moses' hands were heavy. In other words, Moses is just like you and me. He wasn't a superhero. He was a person. He put his sandals on the same way we do, one foot at a time, right? Same blood that flowed through his veins, flows through ours. And Moses got tired. He got weary. And when you're in war and you're in a battle, especially if you're warring the same thing every day, day in and day out, day in and day out, and that could be, you know, any number of scenarios in our lives. You just, you know, whatever, whatever it is, I don't know what all you're facing, but whatever it is that you're facing, you put it there. You know what I'm talking about. You know what it is. I know what mine are. You know what yours are. But when you do that every day, every week, you get tired, and you, your hands get heavy. I get it. You feel defeated. You feel weary from the battle that you are in. And you, you have to fight the temptation to not want to pray anymore, because I prayed and it didn't work. And you have to fight the temptation of, of missing church, because what good has that done me, you know? Because I've gone and I'm facing this problem. I'm, I'm in this battle and I'm going to church. And you don't want to read your Bible. Or maybe you don't feel like praying. Just because you get tired. You get weary. It's a real thing. It's called battle fatigue. Okay? Once again, if we're using terms of war, it's called battle fatigue. Soldiers get battle fatigue. How does battle fatigue come? Battle fatigue comes as a result of a lot of negative circumstances that overly influence your, your, your person, emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, it affects you, okay? Now, we're people. The Bible says we're not of the world, but it does say we're what? We are in it. As a matter of fact, even Jesus got hungry, he got tired, he became weary. That's just part of being a human being. Now look in Exodus 17, verse 12. It says, Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. I mean, he was done. He, he abated all of his strength. He came to the end of his own natural ability. He was done. Even though in his mind he didn't want to be done, his body was done. As much as in his mind he was holding it up, his arms just couldn't do it anymore. And so we see that it says Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on, and then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset, verse 13, and as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Now, now listen closely. You're going to get tired. 
I'm not speaking anything negative over anybody. I'm just stating a fact. You're going to get weary, and the reason that you're going to get weary, and I want you to understand this about your enemy. The devil is not going to give up. He's not going to quit attacking you. He will never let up off of you. He doesn't feel sorry for you. He doesn't take pity on you. He doesn't have sympathy for you. He has no compassion for you. Now, the Lord has compassion for you, but the enemy, your enemy, he will never let up. He's going to attack your family. He's going to attack your children. He's going to attack your spiritual well-being. He's going to attack your health. He's going to attack your business. He's going to attack anything and everything that he can in your life. He'll never stop attacking you. And that's why you need an Aaron and a her in your life. You got to have them. I mean, it's, they are absolutely necessary. An Aaron and a her. I'm talking about brothers and sisters in your life who will join arms with you when you're in the middle of a battle and man you're just whooped you got battle fatigue i paul i've been fighting and fighting and fighting and i I'm, i just have to tell you the spirit's willing but man my I, my flesh i'm just i'm struggling that's when people come alongside you they lift you up they hold you up how many how many of you have ever been in a situation where you were really struggling and God in his goodness sent somebody across your path to bless you, right? See, Jehovah Nisi, our banner, he goes before us. As we submit to God, God will see to it that he brings an Aaron or her into your life. But, but understand me, you have to do your part. Now, once again, Pastor Tim, and I, I'm just, that message was right up my alley. Because there's God's part and there's our part. God's part is picking those special people. We, we can't make that happen. You can't make a best friend happen. You can't, you know, I could not make Hetty become my mentor and spiritual mother in the Lord. Only God could do that. But God provided that for me. But, but, but why? Well, one, because God is good, really good, right? He's good. <laughs> uh, and, but, but then secondly, let's go back to that, that rod of laying it down. I laid my life down. It's not my own. So now... All of my decisions and all of my choices are influenced by what his word says. Now, one of the things that God's word says is don't forsake the fellowshipping of believers. Do you know how many great friends I have made here at Christian Ministries Church? Well, this is pretty much my friend group, my church body. That's my friend group. I have people here that are closer to me than family. I do life with you guys every single day. You know, what happens to you concerns me. I pray over you. It, it upsets me when you're upset, vice versa, right? 
You've got to have brothers and sisters in your life who will join with you and hold you up when you're too tired to continue to fight on your own. When we battle marriage problems over and over and over, raising children over and over and over, health battles over and over and over, we become weary mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Even the great Moses himself, chosen by God, became weary. He got tired. He could no longer hold up his hands. Did you hear what I said? The great Moses that led millions of people needed an Aaron and a Hur, and you will too. You can't be the Lone Ranger, right? You can't be the Lone Ranger. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. <laughs> you know, everybody's got to have somebody or somebodies. We all get fatigued. Now listen, that doesn't mean that God isn't with you when you're going through struggles and you're facing problems and going, that doesn't mean that God isn't for you, okay? When you get tired, when you get weary, when you get a bad attitude, when you get the wrong thoughts, when you're struggling, that doesn't mean that you are not qualified to lead. That doesn't mean that you're not anointed. That doesn't mean that you're weak or fragile. That doesn't mean that you aren't spiritual enough. It doesn't even necessarily mean that you haven't prayed enough. Now, it could, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. What it means is you're human. And I just want to make sure that I communicate that because, I mean, you guys know me. I'm not, I'm not going to get up here and give anybody a license to have a pity party, okay? And I, I'm not talking about that. I am totally against being a victim. That's demonic. And I'm not ever going to let the devil make me a victim because I'm not going to give that guy any glory out of my life. I'm just telling you right now, he's not going to get an ounce from me. So I'm not a victim and I'm not going to have a pity party, but I do recognize that I do need people and I'm not going to let the devil come in and condemn me or shame me or make me feel like I'm less because I'm struggling. You understand? So... I want you guys to know and understand, you know, lots of times when you see us up here on the stage and we're preaching, whether it be me or whether it be Tim or Josh, and we're preaching fire and messages of victory, you got to understand we preach that to ourselves first because we're not any different from you. We put our shoes on the same way, one foot at a time, okay? We're not any different from anybody else. Like I said, even Jesus got tired and weary. So you have to have people in your life who are full of faith, who are under the banner of God, who can help you fight life's battles. And that's why it's so important that you are involved in a local church. So you that are listening by podcast or by live stream, listen, I, we want to make these avenues available to you. We, we love having resources for people to listen to and glean off of. But this, this in podcast can never take the place of you being a part of a local, Bible-believing, Spirit-filled church. Absolutely vital in your life. Here's why. Because you cannot be a part of the church universal, whom Jesus is coming back for, by the way, if you're not a part of the church local. That's like saying that you're a member of the football team and you never show up for practice. You're not a member of the team if you're not there when everybody comes into the huddle, right? And that's what, 
this gathering. That's why the Bible says don't forsake it. And, and there's been so many moments I've, I've met new people. I, I've met new people who are just precious, awesome, incredible people in my life. We had to put our dog down last week. It was terrible. I mean, I cried and cried. And I had people text me and message me and bless me and prayed for us. And we were so grateful for that, you know? That's what it's all about. See, now, that can't happen if you're not gonna let people into your life. See, Moses allowed his weakness to be exposed in front of his brothers. How could they help him had they not known he needed help? And sometimes I think we tend to cover up because we don't want, th- we don't want people to think that, you know, I'm not perfect or I've got these problems. You know, I deal with this struggle in my life and if somebody finds out about this, they might reject me. Well, listen, if they reject you, they were never or an errand for you in the first place. They were not who God was calling by your side. You know, I've walked with Hetty for over 35 years, almost 40 years, and she's seen the good and the bad of me, the ups and the downs of me, the mature moments and the incredibly immature moments. She's seen me be respectful and disrespectful, but she's still in my corner, right? That's... That's what people look like who walk by the Spirit and who are mature. They'll love you in the good times and they'll love you in the not so good times. They'll love you when you're up and they'll love you when you're down. And it's so important that you're authentic. I remember when I met with my wife and we were getting married, I told her, I said, what you see is what you get. If you like what you see, then I'll put a ring on your finger and you can put one on mine. But I'm not, you're not going to wake up next month or next year and I'm going to be somebody different. This is me. And the good and the bad. Now, we all work to grow. We all work to better ourselves. We all work to change. I'm not talking about making, once again, you know, I'm not talking about making excuses for weaknesses and failures in our life. We're all called to go from glory to glory and grow. But it's so important that you have people in your life and you're authentic with these people, and you move beyond just surface encounters at church on Sunday morning. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we have home groups. That's why we go out and do life together. You know, you can't get to know somebody really well on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night when you just come in, sit and listen to a message and leave. That, that's not church. Ch- listen, church is not a moment in time. Church is a movement in your life forever. Church is not what you do, it's who you are. Ecclesia, right? That's what it's all about. So if you don't have people in your life like that, then here's what I wanna encourage you to do. Ask God to bring people into your life like that. If you're lonely and you don't have those kinds of spiritual friends, ask God to bring them, God will. Now, let me just give you one little hint that'll help you. As you're asking God to do that for you, you be an Aaron or a her for somebody else. 
Just text somebody, what can I pray for you today? How can I lift you up today? You know, you see some young person, put a $100 bill in their hand. They don't have no money. I mean, they don't have any money. They're struggling. Put some money in their hand. Feed them. Have them over. Impart into their life. Do lunch with somebody. Write a card. Send a text. This, you've got to make a way for God to move in your life by doing relationship with people. Does that make sense? All right, I'm out of time, so I'm going to end here. As I close, well, let's just do this together. Just, let's just stand. Let's just stand. We'll, we'll wrap up this way, a little different. All right, everybody's got somebody close to them. Just lay your hand on somebody's shoulder, whoever it is, just close to you. And let's just pray together. I'll just wrap us up in prayer. There we go. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Lord, we're so grateful to you that you are our banner, Jehovah Nisi. You are our covering. You go before us. You fight our battles. God, help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to understand and know, Lord God, that the battle here on earth is one on the mountain. It's not one by our own natural ability, even though we do all that we can. We know, God, supernaturally, you're moving in the realm of the Spirit on our behalf. And Lord, we thank you for the people that you have surrounded us with. We take a moment to be grateful for those people. Forgive us when, where we've taken them for granted. And Lord, help us to cultivate these relationships that we can be encouragement one to another that we can build each other up in our most holy faith Lord we honor you tonight we give you glory and praise and we thank you God that you help fight our battles we are not alone we have you we have your Holy Spirit we have your word and we have your body that you have surrounded us with. God, thank you for giving us everything that we need. We put our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.